The Cougars are back. Hand off Squally. Squally runs it right, gets to the five. He's got the pylon. He's got the touchdown. Oh, Canada! We're two hours away from the kickoff of BYU football. Timing pattern. End zone. It is caught by Bushman. Back left pylon. Touchdown, Cougars. This is Cougar Pregame Live. Cougar Pregame Live is proudly supported by Ken Garf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. Also by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. To get you ready for today's battle on the gridiron, let's join the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Ben Bagley. Good evening, BYU fans, and welcome into Cougar Pregame Live. I'm Ben Bagley. Tonight, BYU faces Boise State on the blue turf of Albertson Stadium in Boise. BYU comes into tonight's game 4-4 four and four after a disappointing 7-6 loss to Northern Illinois last Saturday in Provo. Boise enters tonight's matchup 6-2, and two, having won three games in a row, including a 48-38 win at Air Force, if you can believe it or not, the first time Boise State had won at the Air Force Academy in school history. As always, I'm joined by Cougar analyst extraordinary Mark Lyons. Mark... You're in Boise. I'm in Provo. Set the scene for me. What's going on at the Smurf turf? Well, uh, everybody's cleared out of the stadium right now, but uh, there are a ton of people out there already. They're tailgating. Uh, they're partying out there. So uh, there is a lot of activity, and uh, it looks like this is the big thing in town tonight. And so I think that they're going to have quite, a, quite an assembly of people that are going to be here later. Well, much like any time Boise State plays there in Boise, it is the thing, only thing in town at Boise. They like have a big fan base there, excited to support the Broncos. The nice thing is, lots of BYU fans there as well. Uh, makes it makes it a fun rivalry game. We'll get to that in just a second. But first, let's get today's game headlines as the Cougars face the Broncos of Boise State. These are your BYU football headlines. Headline one, Mark, let her rip. Ah. Mark, as soon as the NIU game went final, head coach Kalani Sataki told the media as well as you and Greg in the post-game show that the BYU offense had to, quote, let it rip. What does letting it rip look like for the Cougars? Well, I don't think he's referring to Boise State's quarterback, Brett Rippon. You know. <laughs> All right, we'll try to connect with Mark in just a moment. How's this? There you on? go. There you are. I thought you lost. I thought we let it yeah. rip so hard that you were gone, Mark. I know. Uh, they just came by with the food cart. And oh, so, uh, okay. Yeah, I had to step away you're, for you're a second. Ex- you're excused. <laughs> you know, early in the year when BYU played Wisconsin, Coach Sataki was saying, that's the way I want our offense to work. It's a hard, solid, physical, offensive line. You've pounded in there. You run the football, and you run play-action pass. And they ended up out Wisconsining Wisconsin. But – it appears that that's not the approach that he wants any longer. Now he wants to go to that kind of an all-out attack and and throw the football. Let it rip, I think, means he wants to see more of a wide-open pass game, more shotgun drop-back pass, and probably a more aggressive but also more difficult throws deeper downfield. So I'm assuming that the change at quarterback has changed. You know, with his mobility, I'm talking about uh, Wilson's mobility, I think that uh, Coach Sataki is wanting to look for a bigger percentage of offense coming from the pass attack. 
Well, we'll talk more about what what we're see, what we want to see out of uh, freshman quarterback Zach Wilson a little bit later on in the pregame show. We got a segment dedicated to that coming up and analyze this. But let's get to headline two: getting rid of the Boise Blues. <laughs> Mark BYU 0-4 all-time playing on the Smurf turf in Boise. How do the Cougars overcome the Bronco Bluefield advantage? Yeah, and so that is the question to me. Is there an advantage to having a field that's the same color as your uniform? (laughs) And I kind of think there is. Now, since 2000, Boise State is 110-8 at home. 110. They've lost eight times here in those 17 years. So that's pretty ridiculous. Away, they're 93 and 32. So it does sound like there's a little bit of an advantage to be here. But it's not just the blue field, of, of course. You know the. Uh, but last year, the, two years ago when BYU was here, if you remember, the opening kickoff, a Boise State player laid down on the turf. So he has the blue pants, he's got the blue helmet, he's got the blue jersey, and he laid down on the turf trying to be concealed and disguised down there. That is, the guy started to run the return on the far side of the field. He stopped and threw a lateral back to this man that was hiding. It didn't work. They uh, missed the pass. But uh, still, it looked to me that they were making an attempt to try and conceal him by hiding him on the blue turf. So uh, I do think that uh, there's so much history that's going on, and there's a lot of information. Uh, the Mountain West Conference made a deal when Boise State came to the tournament into the conference they couldn't wear blue pants and blue jerseys here on this blue field. But when it looked like Boise State was going to get an invite to the Big East, the Mountain West, so you go ahead and wear whatever colors you want to at your home field. And so Boise State was in agreement with them to let them stay and keep those uniforms. Kind of interesting to see that there were other people. One of the guys that really doesn't like it is Coach Long at San Diego State. He thinks there's a real advantage to that. The only place in the world blue camouflage works. Let's get to headline three, wrangling the Boise offense. (laughs) Boise is averaging 40.1 points per game this season. BYU's defense is giving up just 22.2 points per game. Something's got to give. How how does the Cougars defense slow down the Boise offense? Yeah, now that's that's a tough one. Uh, But they have to be back to that physical front play. They've got to get the that physical front to to come out and be able to contain and control a good run attack. Boise State has a 1,000-yard rusher returning, and uh, BYU has usually been one of the better defenses that Boise State plays in the season. BYU usually holds them below their average of scoring. So I think that uh, Boise State's 15th in the nation in scoring offense, and uh, BYU is 35th in the nation in scoring defense. So that is a strength on strength, and BYU is going to be trying to slow down that Boise State pass attack. Now, I've got to say this out loud because I think Boise State's pass attack is very similar to Washington's pass attack. And no reason or, you know, confusion why Coach Peterson was here, and now he's at Washington. So I think they share some of their stuff. Their quarterback's very accurate. They have good receivers. He gets time to throw. All of those things lead to a good pass attack. The last part that's really a challenge, Boise State is good on converting third downs 55% of the time, second in the nation. So BYU's got to stop them on first and second down to get them into long third down situations. Mark, you almost stole my joke for the last one, but headline number four is letting it rip. (laughs) 
<laughs> hey, Boise State quarterback Brett Rippon is the NCAA active career leader in pass completions with 934 and pass yards with 12,441. He's second in pass attempts with 1,465 and fourth in pass TDs at 83. Yeah. What have you seen in Rippon that makes him the real deal at QB? Yeah, isn't that? Uh, well, he's got so lots of stuff, but his pass efficiency rating is 163.9. It's 11th in the nation. Now, that's made up of a combination formula of uh, how many passes you complete, the yardage you pass for, the TDs, and interceptions. And he's good uh, as a, a passer. He's He has 23 touchdown passes to five interceptions. You know, he averaged, his accuracy is terrific. He's 67.9% completion. He's started for four years, so he's very experienced. So, man, he's just got everything going. But the big thing that I think that really makes him good, he's got excellent receivers that go after the football. So uh, it's a real challenge tonight, and I think that's the thing, is that BYU is going to change up their pass defense, and they've been able to show a little bit of that against Hawaii and Northern Illinois since they've played Washington. So I don't expect him to just sit back and let him complete every throw he makes. Just a quick side note, Brett Rippon just passed in his last game. Max Hall in Mountain West Conference wins by a starting quarterback with 33. He will pass Hall with 300-yard passing games as soon as he gets one more of those. And he's just ahead of Hall and John Beck in attempts, completions, and pass yards in Mountain West Conference all-time history. Hey, coming up, we'll hear from head coach Kalani Sataki and assistant head coach Ed Lamb in Cougar Cuts. But next, we get to know the foe. So we talk with the voice of the Boise State sports, Bob Beeler. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. Ben Bagley and Mark Lyons with you. It's time to get to know the foes. We're joined by the play-by-play voice of Boise, the Boise State Broncos, Bob Beeler. Bob, thanks for joining us this evening. Great to be here. Great to have you guys up here. I know people in town have looked forward to this game since it was released. You know exactly what day would be taking place. Uh, we've got a nice fall night. It'll be a little chip chilly by the time the game's over, but uh, a nice night nonetheless for football. a football game. Yep. Football. Yeah, yeah. And, and at least it's not like it's raining cats and dogs like it is in Miami. <laughs> no, no doubt. Hey, well, it's like it's like my high school fault college or my high school football coach used to always say: regardless of the weather, it's a great day for football, boys. <laughs> always is. Hey, let's talk about this game, the Boise State. BYU series. It's a young series, only eight games in, but the first the first game being played just 15 years ago and 14 days, by the way, to be exact. Yet both sides consider this a rivalry. How does this series go from zero to 120 in just eight games? Well, I think some of it is because of the proximity, where our fans can go to your stadium, your fans can come to our stadium without even taking a flight, so I think that's one. I think I'll speak for the Treasure Valley up here. I don't know about in, in, in Utah, but there are enough BYU fans up here that you know can kind of stoke things back and forth where you know the guy that works next to you at the office might be a fan of the other team, so you can kind of give it to the other team and have a, a good time with that. And then I think the third thing is there have been some memorable games. I mean, yeah. if you look at some of the games, we had the one here that Michael Atkinson, our big nose guard, gets an interception, rumbles 36 yards. If it had been 40, he might not have made it, but he did. Uh, you you guys get the Hail Mary down there. We block a field goal the last time you were here, and then you get the ball because it didn't go across the line of scrimmage. You throw a couple of Hail Marys <laughs> that aren't answered. So, I mean, yeah. we've had eight games, and I gave three of them where you can remember how the game finished. Yeah. So I think by having interesting games, exciting games, 
and games that I think the fan bases care about. I think you're right. It does seem like there's been more than eight played. Well, when they set up that 12-game series, I was going, are you crazy? You mm-hmm. can't beat Boise State. You just can't beat them. But I do want to say, uh, you know, Boise State's in a race right now, and you're going to be facing in these next three weeks, you're going to be facing undefeated Fresno State in conference and mm-hmm. undefeated Utah State in conference. Are those far enough down the road that uh, you're not looking at those tonight? I think the players, I don't, I don't think they pay as much attention to things like that as the fans do. I think the players are up for a game like tonight. We haven't had all that many home games, so I think that's something they're interested in. But you're right. I mean, if, if Boise State doesn't get it done next week against Fresno State, if Utah State doesn't get beat, it'll be a meaningless game the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Utah State will have won the division because Boise State's already lost yeah. to San Diego State. I, I'm not worried. If Boise State loses tonight, I don't think it's going to be because they were looking ahead to Fresno next okay. week. I don't think so. I'd be surprised if that was the case. Let's talk about some of those players, and we'll start with the obvious one, with Brett Rippon, who's, mm-hmm. who's had a fantastic career at Boise State. In the previous segment, I went through some of his numbers, career and otherwise. But he gets a lot of attention, and justifiably so. But what about the other weapons on the Broncos' offense? Who should Cougar fans watch out for tonight? Well, I think that's part of the problem for teams defending Boise State. I thought at the beginning of the year that the receiver position was going to be the most challenged position group on the team, having lost Cedric Wilson, and the second leading receiver was one of the tight ends, Jake Rowe. That being said, a whole bunch of guys have really stepped up, and a lot of guys who are very athletic. We've got, I think, four different guys that have had at least a 50-yard catch. We've got eight, seven or eight guys that catch passes in every single game. So I think this year the the number of players that are so athletic, John Hightower being a big addition to this team, and then you also have the two seniors that I think have really been so consistent, being Sean Modster and A.J. Richardson. I think the receiving group has really been a strength and, and a strength not only just catching the ball but doing things with it once you get it. Yeah. Uh- what six of those guys have more than one touchdown so mm-hmm. far this season? So, mm-hmm. yeah, and some of them more than one touchdown in a game. They're very impressive. Yeah, yeah, that's but the part. I was going to say something. going to say something about Rip and Mark. And of all the players that I've ever seen worked with, I've seen a lot of guys go from really decent to really good as a senior. But they're usually guys that have not played a lot. Of people who've played a lot as a freshman or sophomore, I've never seen somebody take the step that Rippon has taken. He is so much better as a senior than he was as a junior. Uh, I know. I know. That's kind of the thing. But let's talk Avery Williams for Mm -hmm. a second. Now, he's quite a weapon on the kick and punt returns. Are people kicking away from him? So far this year, they let him. They well, think they can cover. Early in the season, he was hurt. He got hurt in the first game against Troy. Hurt his elbow, so they did not have him back as a uh-huh. punt returner until the last couple of games. And boy, it's been a difference maker. So Avery Williams is special on the punt return. Um, he the kickoff return he took back was an onside kick where he was one of the oh. hands guys, and they kind of dribbled it up. Oh, he got he it and just scored. went behind by the line, and it was forty-four yards later. It was a touchdown. So yeah. they have not used him on kickoff returns at least yet. Maybe they're saving that for you guys tonight. I don't know. <laughs> Let's look at the Bronco defense, Bob. What's, what, what is the standout on that defensive side of the ball? I mean, Boise scored a lot of points this season, but there's a couple of games, even last week against the Air Force Academy, where they're also giving up a lot of points. Well, they gave up a lot of points in the first half. Air Force scored four of the first five times they had the ball in the first half, and then in the second half they only gave up ten points. They kind of figured out the pace of the option and did a good job with that. I think the thing that's been the most impressive to me has been depth. 
There have been a lot of key people that have been hurt. A couple of them have been lost for the season, and they found people to get on the field and make plays. So I don't know that I can signal one thing out or one person out. I think it's been, you know, Horton missed a couple of games at corner. Pierce is now out for the season. So is Moa. Miles was out in the second half of the Air Force game. Louis missed the last couple of games. And they found people to take their spot. They've rotated people in and out. So I think surviving maybe is the thing that has impressed me the most about this Boise State defense. Yeah. And, uh, I think the offense is better than the defense as far as numbers go, but the defense certainly is mm-hmm. very capable. Yeah, the, the, it's a well-rounded team. Now, but I am curious about uh, how Boise State scored 194 points in the first halves of games, the total of first half, and they've scored uh, 67 points less than that in the second half. Is that primarily because the game's over at half? A couple of times that's been the case. Against UConn, that was definitely the case, and they rolled up a whole bunch of points in the first. yards. Yeah, and they had more than that, but they would have had the Mountain Rest record, but they took a knee three times and lost, and lost like, three years. like six uh, yeah. yards or something <laughs> on, on that. Um, but they also have had a couple times where in the second half, when they've been ahead, they have maybe lost a little focus, lost a little sharpness. So, and those have been games that they've been ahead. Oklahoma State, they were down. And San Diego State was a game in which neither team's offense could get any kind of traction. I mean, it was much—it was just about the 180 flip of what we had last week with Air Force in that in the first half. Nobody oh, right. stopped anybody. Where in the first half, and really the whole game against San Diego State, it was a struggle to get a first down for either team. Well, Bob, appreciate your time and joining Great. us as we get ready for this game tonight. Have a good call. We look forward to an exciting game tonight. And we'll look forward to continuing the games next year down at your place. Yeah, so, you, know, you know what I said, and I don't know whether your people – we've talked about ways to make this even more of an exciting rivalry. I think it would be better if this was game one. Yeah, I think it would be good. I mean, because then everybody hasn't lost yet. Everybody's still undefeated. There's, yeah. kind of, there's kind of a big game one on the Cougar schedule for next year that, uh, yeah. that, that, might, that might be a little bit uh, bothersome <laughs> to move that one. No, that's probably why. I mean, you look at the games, you try to fit them in, and it's like a jigsaw yes. puzzle. And that's why one – like last year was in October, right? Yeah. It's been yeah, in September before. It's been in November. So, I mean, it's kind of moved around. But I just think if you made it number one, it would be something that everybody would know would be number one. That'd be one. fun. Absolutely, Bob. Hey, thanks for your time. Okay. Coming up later in Cougar Pregame Live, Jason Shepard sits down with kicker Skyler Southam and Shep Talk. That could be a timely interview as the kicking game and kickers have had an interesting history in this series. Coming up next, though, it's Cougar Cuts. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Ben Bagley and Mark Lyons for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. Ben Bagley and Mark Lyons getting you ready for BYU and Boise State. You can join today's program via Twitter by tweeting at me your thoughts, game keys, and comments at Ben Bags. We'll get to those comments later in the program. But now it's time for Cougar Cuts. After another difficult loss, Kalani Sataki and BYU's, said BYU's problems are boiling down to one thing this week, and he talked a lot about a lack of consistency. Uh, we need to be more consistent as a team. That's my job as a head coach, you know, is to find a way to be consistent. Even through, the, if you look at the season, uh, we, we've played some really good games and played some really bad ones. Um, even within the game, we've shown some really good things, uh, shown some good drives, and then it's just not consistent enough. And so what I need to do as a head coach is find a way to get our team to be consistent because we have really good players. They do everything we ask them to. They work hard. You know, I, I need to do a better job of making sure our team, our program, and our 
and that our results are more consistent on the field and it'll give us a better chance for success. Mark, at the risk of sounding like Captain Obvious here, Kalani said they've had some really good games and some really, well, inconsistent games. And in those inconsistent games, they usually end up losing those games. What, what is the key to the consistency for BYU? Where does it all begin? Yeah, that's a tough one. But uh, I do think that uh, part of the way that you practice is a way that you can develop the success of having down after down after down be positive games. And I, I think that it is a real challenge to create this attitude that we can do that. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about we as a, a team, myself. And so uh, I think that uh, the big deal for making things improve is everybody has to focus on every down. Last week in that game, they would make a good gain, good gain, and then all of a sudden there would be an incomplete pass, a tackle for a loss, and a sack. And that combination of putting those, that just kills everything you've done in that drive. And so they've got to cut out those sacks, those tackles for loss, and guys have to catch the football, which they are doing, I think, a much better job. Well, going back to your comment about we, Mark, we know that there is no doubt that we put on a great broadcast consistently week to week. (laughs) So we'll just say that. That's what I'm talking about right there, (laughs) consistent broadcast. Uh, Zach Wilson's second start, a lot di- very different from his first. Unlike the Hawaii game, the offense could not get going last week against NIU. Kalani goes on to talk about that he, the key to Zach Wilson and the offense success is letting Zach be Zach. Yeah, he played really hard. I mean, he made some big plays, but I, I think that um, he's better when you can, when he can set his feet and throw and not have to run all over the place. And I appreciate him making great highlights and jumping over people and Getting first downs, but uh, um, we're not going to do well of making him put putting him in that type of situation, you know. So, if we want him to use his strengths and to find uh, success, that we need to let him set his feet and throw the ball because that's what he can do. I I mentioned that he's a gunslinger. Let him sling the ball, and um, it's hard to do that when you're running for your life most of the time. Uh, we need to find a way to, to to get him and settled in and let him use his strengths and and, and get us or get our team to have. Some, some consistent drives and points on the board, and and then uh, we'll we'll feel better about ourselves. When someone references a gunslinger quarterback, everybody's minds automatically go to Brett Favre. I'm That's not, mine. That's uh, just who I went to when I, you said that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure Kalani's talking about Zach Wilson being Brett Favre, but when we're talking about Zach Wilson, the gunslinger, what does he mean? Well, if he's a gunslinger, you know, and you're thinking of Brett Favre, he does make every play. He shakes off a tackler and throws it to somebody that he can get the ball to, and he does make those unbelievable plays. So uh, I, I think the guy, though, that, that he wants to see, I think BYU will probably go into that shotgun and a lot more straight drop-back throws. And I also think that uh, it certainly helps to be a gunslinger if you've got some guys that are open downfield. Uh, that's that would be a big part of it. I, I felt as though uh, his running ability, where you have to, I guess he wants it contained. But one of the positives that you get out of Zach Wilson is his speed and mobility, and I think that's one of the things he eluded a lot of ta- of sacks. But on the other hand, because he was about ready to get sacked, you get that panic feeling, and then he didn't kind of gather himself and make a throw, and so. Uh, throwing on the runs a little bit tougher. Oh, there was three or four sacks last week where it was the third guy that actually got him, not the yeah, first right, or second right. guy. He broke two tackles and then was brought down by the third guy. Uh, Boise State, that's another opponent who is scoring a, at a high clip. Assistant head coach Ed Lamb talked about how well the Broncos are playing and said that this game is a great opportunity for the Cougars defense. 
they're fantastic. What a challenge for our guys. I feel like we've really grown in the defensive secondary in the time that uh, that we've been here, and uh, I feel like it's uh, it's going to be a big a big challenge for those guys. Be a big challenge for our pass rushers who have had not always had it against all of our opponents this year have not always had an opportunity to rush the passer. Boise State will challenge us to rush the passer, and so what an opportunity for our boys to go out and play against one of the best defensively. Boise State has has been really stout, and they've done enough to win games and the games that have gone into into higher scoring affairs and maybe most importantly is they know how to win offense defense and special teams so what a challenge for our coaches to to try to get our players in a position to win and a challenge for our players and a great opportunity for us Boise or BYU's defense giving up 22 points a game on the season can BYU hold Boise State around that 22 24 point margin well, if they do, that would be a compliment to them, of course. Now, the two one-point games, there were 28-27, has been played twice here in this stadium, and it was a similar situation. You know, Boise State has their number one in the nation since the year 2000 in scoring average in a game, and it's right around 40 points. They they score a lot of points. So if you can hold even twenty eight, you know twenty eight to twenty seven, BYU had a field goal blocked, and they also missed a field goal in two of those games. So if you hold them down there, the seven six game was a, a great uh, defensive effort. So yeah, you can you have that opportunity. Now I also am going to say that BYU has changed things since the Washington game where they pretty much played the same pass defense every down. Washington knew that what they were going to get, and uh, Browning was accurate and set a record for completions, or tied it. And uh, against Brett Rippon, he's the same way. But BYU has put in a new pass defense that they use for Hawaii, and then they've made alterations to play against Northern Illinois. So now they have the ability to come out and play some man, some zone, some uh, five deep, some four deep. So they have a lot more things that they're going to try and throw at Boise State in order to try and confuse the quarterback. We'll talk more about that coming up later in the program when we get to the keys of the game. With the kicking game, will the kicking game be one of those keys of the game tonight in Boise? Jason Shepard sits down with BOU kicker Skyler Southam and Shep Talk. More pre-game, Cougar pregame live after this on the new skin BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. Ben Bagley and Mark Lyons with you. Skyler Southam was an Army All-American kicker while at Wasatch High School in Heber City, Utah. Landing a kicker of his caliber was a big deal for the BYU Cougars. After serving his mission in Chile, Skyler returned to the team this offseason and is now 7-11 on field goal attempts through eight games. Here's Jason Shepard with Skyler Southam and Shep Top. You obviously were a highly recruited kicker out of high school. When you look back, and you committed as a sophomore, so yeah. you were pretty set early on. Yeah. You wanted to go to BYU. Why was yeah. BYU the place for you, especially early on? Honestly, for me, I mean, I didn't always grow up like a huge BYU fan. Like, I think a lot of people would think that just because I committed so early that I was just like a huge BYU fan, and BYU was kind of like the only school that I wanted to go to. Um, but kind of as I went through the recruiting process back then, it was Coach Mendenhall and Coach Papinga and Coach Tidwell as well were kind of the main guys that were recruiting me and uh, just the points that they point out about the school I really liked especially um, the fact that here at BYU we represent a lot more than just a football team we represent the church Um, it's a great school a good place to get my education and it's close to home so 
um, as I thought through those things, and I guess I kind of prayed about it and just felt like this was the best place for me. So, If you didn't grow up like a huge BYU, were you a fan of, of any other team? Did you? Uh, you're smiling. I'm wondering what the answer is. Um, I mean, I don't know. I was always like, I always liked to cheer for the underdogs. Both my parents went to Utah State, and so I like I cheered for Utah State a little bit, but I also like I always cheered for BYU over Utah. I've never really been a big Utah fan, so okay, you're scoring okay. points immediately right there. Yeah, so I can stay <laughs> clear there, and I'm not a Utah State fan anymore, obviously. But I don't know. As I started to get to know the school, I just fell in love with BYU and felt like it was the best place for me. Since coming back from the mission, I mean, you got right back into mm-hmm. it. How quickly did you feel you got back into shape? Getting back into shape and getting back into kicking shape also <laughs> took a really long time. I mean. Being in Chile, you don't get to choose what kind of food you eat, and you also don't get very much time to work out, so it's kind of hard getting back into things. Um, when I first got back, I actually was, like, surprised how well I was kicking, and then I kind of went through, like, a hard time after that for a while where I just, like, felt like I couldn't kick for a while, and I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to figure it out. And then I'd say, um, I guess getting closer to fall camp is finally when I started to feel really comfortable with how I was kicking. How do you think the season has gone for you? I mean, evaluate yourself yeah. so far through eight games. Yeah. To be completely honest, like, it's not as good as I would like. Um, I'm kind of a perfectionist, like, I want to make every single kick. I don't know, I know what I'm capable of, and so, I mean, every single miss is a little bit frustrating, but I know that I still have a lot to learn, and I'm learning right now, and so I just have to take the misses and try and deal with them, like, the best that I can and move on from it. So. This is the case with every player, every mm-hmm. position. Yeah. You've got to have a very short memory. Yeah, and it's for sure. Positive or negative, you've mm-hmm. got to kind of let it go. Are you able to do that? Um, yeah, I think that's another thing that I'm trying to learn. Like, to be completely honest, I mean, I had the game against Utah State where I missed a field goal and missed a PAT. Like, I can't even remember ever missing a PAT. So it's, it's pretty frustrating. And when I look back to high school, I really never had, like, a time where I struggled. And so... It's kind of been good for me, a learning experience for me to have a bad game, I guess, and try and do my best to bounce back from it. What is your sweet spot? Where do you feel range-wise your money? Mm-hmm. I feel pretty comfortable inside of 55. I mean, I'm, I missed the 51 this last week, which was frustrating because I had the distance. I've done it in practice, but I mean, sometimes you just miss, <laughs> which is a little bit frustrating. Heading into a game week from, from a special teams and a kicking perspective, do you know the scenarios that need to play out for you to go out on the field to attempt a kick, or is it really game-type situations and you're kind of waiting to find out, or do you have a pretty good idea going into a week when you may be called upon? Um, you mean like at the start of the week if I know like well, what just the game like, By like? the time you go into a game, mm-hmm. do you have a pretty good idea of when they may use you, or is it still based on the situation in the game? Um, I think a lot of it just has to do with like the game situation. That's why I normally start warming up as soon as they pass the 50-yard line. I mean, you never know what play call they're going to do, if they're going to go for it on fourth down, if they're going to go for a long field goal, or if they're just going to go for it. You never really know. So, yeah, I just kind of make sure that I'm as ready as I can be at any situation. You, are you one of those that uh, kind of maybe gets a little closer to Coach Lamb, you know, buzzing around a little bit. Hey, I'm, I'm ready. Do you do that, or you just kind um, of back away and wait, wait for him to approach you? Yeah, I mean, to be completely honest, at the beginning of the season, I was kind of doing that a little bit more just because, I I mean, we were going forward a lot and forth, and I just wanted to make sure that I want him to have confidence in me, and I want him to know that I had confidence in myself that I was going to be able to make it. But I think at this point, like, I know that they're going to make the right decision, and so I just make sure that I'm warm, so I just... I'm over there warming up and kicking in the net, and when they call upon me, I'll be ready. All right, Skyler, let's wrap this up with the final four. First question, what was the last show you binge-watched? Ooh, I have not seen anything since I've been home from my mission. have not had time. Um, really? Nothing? No. 
I I would say I like Psych a lot when I was in high school. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everybody talks about Psych. I have not seen Psych. Yeah, Everybody says show. you got to watch it. Yeah, I love it. It was it was a good show. Okay, if you were granted one superpower, what would it be? Hmm. I like to fly. I think that would be pretty cool. Your favorite meal is what? Hmm. That's tough. I don't think you can ever go wrong with steak. Some steak. I love watermelon. Steak and watermelon? Steak and watermelon together. That would be a perfect <laughs> meal. No, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so now, last week I interviewed Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. He also said steak. Got into a little thing, not with him, but with my fellow broadcasters yeah. on how you cook the steak. How do you like your steak? I took heat because I said, well done. How right. do you like your steak? I get medium well. Okay, yeah. so that's not that's a little closer. Yeah. yeah, so you like it to be fairly cooked. Yeah, I don't want to get sick. <laughs> See, again, it's great. All right, you and I are on the same page on this. I like this. All right, last question. How has coming to BYU influenced your life? It's been awesome. Uh, like I said, I mean, through my recruiting process, I committed early, and then I still had, like, a lot of schools um, reach out to me and stuff like that, and so <clears throat> I still kind of have like a, had a time where I was, like, debating what was the right thing to do. Um, but I just kind of trusted my gut, knowing that this was the right place for me. And now that I've been home uh, from my mission, I've just been able to realize that, like, socially and for school and also being part of this team, like, it's just the best thing that I could possibly have in my life right now. So it's been really good for me. Skylar, great stuff. And people aren't going to know this. They'll know now. But you had already left. You had gone home. You came back just to do this interview. So I thank you so much yeah. for that. And good luck uh, on the Smurf turn. <laughs> thank you. It means a lot. Just to quickly put the argument to bed for Jason Shepard and Skylar South, and medium is the only way to have your steak, Mark. <laughs> Boy, you know, I, I'm with you. Uh, medium uh, is the way to go. I, I don't need a hockey puck on my plate. But well done. I just need I just nice, nice, juicy piece of meat. We'll, we'll just stay, leave it at that. Hey, uh, when we come back, we'll vi- or coming up in a few minutes, we'll visit with the voice, Greg Rebell. That's about 10 minutes out. But first, Mark Lyons chimes in on the progress of Zach Wilson as a starter and what to expect from the freshman tonight. Analyze this is next as Cougar Pregame Live rolls on on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. Each week, we present Mark Lyons with a topic or a stat and we ex- that we expect to play a role into tonight's game. We call it Analyze This. This week's topic for Mark to break down and dissect is the progress of Zach Wilson. He's now got two starts under his belt and a win and last week a loss and a disappointing output by the offense. But let's look at his progression, Mark. Against Hawaii, he was 16-24 for 194 yards. 66, almost 67% completion rate, a 167 QB rating, one interception, three touchdowns. Last week against NIU, 18 for 30, 208, 60%, one INT, no TDs, and 116.6 on the QBR. What is the natural progression for Zach as we move into week three? Well, I think the little more experience is certainly going to help him. Uh, all of those numbers are interesting, you know, but it doesn't really tell how that game went for sure. But uh, uh, he did run for a TD against Hawaii and wasn't able to uh, run. He only ran for seven yards against Northern Illinois. They did a better job. But uh, I do think these things limited, it's very difficult to identify how he progressed because Northern Illinois was so much better on defense than Hawaii was. Uh, There was no run game at all, and that really kills you as a quarterback. When you don't have a run game, they're just able to uh, 
blitz you when they have long yardages and play pass defense, it makes it tougher. And he needs a playmaker. BYU just has to get somebody to come out and be a playmaker. But the part that I think was the biggest difference between uh, the Northern Illinois game and the Hawaii game, of his 18 completions against Northern Illinois, six of those passes were for less than five yards. And against Hawaii, none of his passes were for his completions were less than five yards. So uh, he did throw a few long balls early in the football game, but none of them were catchable. They were all overthrown or out of bounds, and uh, they didn't have a chance to make a, a play on any of those footballs. So I do think that uh, that experience of having somebody play a good tight defense against his receivers is going to help him in today's game. He has a better idea of what uh, he has to do in order to get the football to cover people. But uh, I do think uh, one of his strengths is the long ball. And so for him to not be as accurate as he attempted to be last week, uh, I think that they are going to make an attempt to throw the ball downfield in this game today, and so he's got to be able to get that ball on target. Well, I like what you say there with going downfield, and, I, and also I agree with you 100%. It, this isn't just on Zach Wilson. The BYU receivers need to make some plays, and they need to make those Absolutely. plays downfield. They need to get some separation. They need to go up and get some balls. I mean, Matt Bushman had a couple of decent catches last week uh, and the week week before. We're starting to see him come back into the form that he showed last year. But out, in the, out on the edges, there needs to be some playmakers out there. But one thing I want to tra- transition to here with Zach Wilson, and we talked about the run game. Against Hawaii, he had six rushes for six yards. Against NIU, 11 rushes for seven yards. That's kind of skewed because of sack yardage yep. added into that. But I don't think that BYU's yet used his running talent to the to the height of what he can do. And I'm curious to see if we see some of that against yeah. Boise State because he is a talented runner, and I'd like to see him. I mean, the 11 rushes last week, with a lot of those with sack attempts as well. Yeah. But I'd like to see that number to be about, I don't know, 11 to 15 rushing attempts for Zach Wilson. And see, I fear that uh, that's kind of what they don't want him to do. And yet, he's not Khalil Tate yet, you know, but he certainly can help his position by uh, scrambling and picking up first downs. And uh, getting down, he's good at getting down and not taking the hit. And uh, I I think that he'll protect himself that way. I think he's okay to do that. But uh, I do think in talking and hearing what Kalani was saying, he doesn't want him on the run trying to throw. He wants him to be able to sit back in the pocket. Yeah, I don't want to see him on the run throwing. I just like to see some true quarterback runs out of him. Maybe about 10, maybe 8. 15 is way too high. Maybe about 8 to 10 would be a better number of just him on the RPO or whatever yeah. being able to run the ball and, and, and make some plays with his legs because we've seen what he's capable of doing so. And it really causes the defense some problems when they do that. No doubt about it. So it'll be interesting to see the progression from Zach Wilson as we move forward in his young career. I talked about it last week in the postgame uh, show, Mark, is, is, yeah, last week just left a bitter taste in your mouth as yeah. a BYU fan. But the exciting thing about being a BYU fan right now is we've seen talent from Zach Wilson. And as a, as a Cougar fan right now, we're seeing the young kid grow. This is the experience of watching someone from the, the beginning of their career and as they progress, seeing those steps that they take. So while it's a bitter taste in your mouth, we saw step two of this career, and we'll see what, what step three, four, five, six, and so on go from here. Yeah, I, 
I think he's a talented player, and his potential is great. Uh, they just need to get him some support out there with uh, protecting him and making sure he's got people he can get the ball to. Playmakers would be key. And by the way, Mark, I'm I just trying to imagine back in your career if you ever hurdled somebody and straight-armed them at the same time. <laughs> I'm not going to say, yeah, but I did. (laughs) (laughs) I've got no doubt about it, Mark. I've got no doubt about it. Hey, coming up next, we'll visit with the voice. Greg Rebell joins Cougar Pregame Live next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Ben Bagley and Mark Lyons for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. Coming up a little bit later, Mitchell Jurgens will join me. We'll get his view from the sideline as we look at see some of his experiences from the BYU-Boise State rivalry. If you remember, he's got a big one. We'll, go, we'll revisit that with him, but also what it's like to play on the blue turf in Boise from a player's standpoint. That's coming up, and I'll also give you my keys to the game, as well as read your keys and comments as you tweet them into me, at Ben Bags on Twitter. We'll get to those. All coming up later in Cougar Pregame Live, but right now it's time to visit with the voice joining us right now the voice of the cougars greg rebel greg you just sat down with coach kalani sataki anything uh, interesting come from that conversation The buzzword is aggressiveness uh, from Kalani, Ben. Uh, and, and he said uh, both in play calling and player approach, he said the coaches have to put the players in better positions to succeed. He mentioned the word risks, but there was also some prudence along with that. And I guess we could take a look at BYU's last appearance here to see that, uh, yeah, they weren't uh, risk-averse with that uh, crazy gamble they took on fourth and forever from near their own goal lines. So we've seen that before here. Uh, we hope that the outcomes are more positive in nature, yeah. Which led to a, a tweet this week from Johnny Linehan who said that uh, he will not be making the trip this week due to PTSD from that. Yeah, from that. yeah, yeah. that's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's the, the, only, the only reason we can look back on it and laugh is that it didn't kill BYU at that time in that game. Um, I think it, it, the end result was uh, net wash the nothing it, it, it ended up being just an exchange of possession but that said uh, those were some of Kalani's uh, uh, primary uh, again maybe focal points in our in our pregame interview and uh, again no matter what the game has looked like preceding it in the last few years up here it never turns out to be exactly what you expect maybe the one was the 55 30 game where you could see that game happening perhaps but uh, even then I remember Mark early in that game going this was a, that was a, that was still a Bronco team right still That's a Bronco right. defense and and fifty five thirty was it wasn't even that close. It felt like it was never a game. Um, BYU did make some nice big plays as went to, to get back in it, but right from the start it was all Boise State. But there haven't been too many of those types of games by the time the fourth quarter rolls around. So I'm genuinely curious to see what happens. I do know that uh, uh, by the numbers, uh, Boise has every reason to feel confident about a positive outcome here tonight. And, and BYU having just scored six points, that's not the lead-in you want to play this kind of game. They have to have, a, they have, to have so much more in store than what they showed last week against NIU. Greg, uh, I know that I don't like the field and you don't like the field, but Ugh. coming into this football game, I've got to believe that the coaches haven't made one mention at all about the field they're going to play on it's other than uh, we're playing against Boise State. Okay. Uh, I have heard comments, though, from someone downstairs uh, that, that the surface is not good. It's, yeah, it's, it's, not good. It, it's uneven. It's lumpy. It's bumpy. It's got ridges and channels. So, it's but, got you know, repair but that, marks but, that you can see. Yeah, but that, that said, they, they won't, that won't ever come up in, I think, anything to talk about uh, a post game. But, yeah, it's not ideal. And, and more than, I mean, beyond not liking a blue field, which I just don't like. Uh, it's what Boise chooses to wear 
on it from a visibility standpoint. If, if they go with their royal, if they go with their blue jerseys and those silver or gray numbers, and yeah. as high as we are here, just to our listening audience, just know it's the worst place to call a game when that's the combination. You just can't see. You can't see numbers. And if you can't see numbers, you can't call plays. And so it, it's a hard deal. And, and they do have some combinations that work for broadcaster visibility, and they've used some this year, but I see them come out right now, and there it is. It's those gray numbers on, on blue, on a blue field. It's really tough. They don't pop at all. And so, uh, again, that, that's my personal challenge tonight, Ben, is to call a good game while really having to just focus super hard on what I'm seeing out there because of the visibility issue. Oh, oh, better you than me, Greg, because I just went to the eye doctor this week, and he informed me that I've reached that magical age where bifocals <laughs> are a need. So, 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 so good luck to you on that one, Greg. Yeah, thanks. Hey, uh, we, we talked about it a little bit earlier. You're, you're coming off a, a game where you scored only six points, a really disappointing loss at home. Be what you did that earlier this season and went to Wisconsin and had a very good game in beating the Badgers. Yep. So history this, this year tells us after a disappointing home loss, going out on the road in a game where you're a big underdog, they're a 13-point underdog tonight in, Bo- in Boise, BYU's performed well. Do you get that feel? I mean, I was just talking to Mark in the break, and he says the BYU Cougars out on the field with some excitement and energy. Does that energy translate come game time? Well, the last road game they had, they were down thirty-five nothing. Yes, that uh, was at, at Seattle, and so let's not you know we don't want to get too carried away with ah they go on the road and everything's magical. It's not no, exactly no, no. that way, <laughs> but yeah, there the, the, there was that that history where a really tough home loss was followed by that win nobody saw coming in Madison. That seems like a long time ago now, uh, but it was it was in Seattle where I think a confident BYU team went into you know Husky Stadium thinking this will be a game, and it really wasn't uh, from the get go. So there, there's a lot to prove here. Again, they haven't done anything on the road in a long time, almost two months. And, and, and they're coming off just kind of a mystifying home loss. So, again, everything has to go kind of against trend to get the outcome BYU fans want to see tonight. It has to be a game where you, that we don't see coming. And they've played that kind of game before, though, and won that kind of game. So, so we're not exactly looking for something that's unforeseen. And, uh, and that, that's what has to be the expectation tonight. And, by the way, let me just yeah, go back to something yeah, I said ago. You that. know what they've done? Here's the thing. The numbers that they're wearing are reflective. Yeah, they're the oh, numbers are reflective. So bright. they they underwent a uniform change this past year, and I've got to think that was one of the main changes. The numbers they're wearing reflect, and so they really do pop off the yeah. jersey. And so I've gone from uh, sad face emoji to happy face emoji <laughs> here really quickly here because. So that, that's a big change too. They look really like they're battery packed. You know, uh, they look like they're carrying they're a battery. Out they're there. lit up out there. Yeah. So awesome. yeah. Hey, you know, uh, win or loss, I'm happy. No Bro- I, broadcast I, problems. I, I want to win. I, I only want to win here tonight. But that said, uh, kudos to Boise for making the big change they did to put on reflective numbers that jump off the uniform. Hurrah, huzzah, and uh, and kudos to all. Yeah. So there goes your excuse. Yep. But. Uh, <laughs> One now, other now, thing, now, though, all the mistakes I make tonight are just mine. <laughs> They're just my mistakes. Yeah, you made the point, Greg, and I agree with it completely. But this has—you have to come in here confident that uh, you're going to be able to make the stops. And, lo- and the last time they were here, they got lots of turnovers and were able to uh, really make it a football game because of. And, and 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 that's the other thing about it is they they went plus five and lost a game, and that never happens you go plus five you win that football game they were going in the away. game right but but it took plus five to just be in the game and not even win it that's that that's how good boys he can be on offense even when they chuck it all around the building and put it on the floor and go minus five they still find a way to beat you that's so again you 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 know you not only have to force takeaways you have to do it on offense it's going to be up to the offense I've, I've tweeted ben stat after stat this week that shows 
that, that BYU's defense is generally doing enough most times to be in and stay in games. The offense has to do its part. It's really been offensive shortcomings that, uh, that, that, that have led to BYU losing a lot of these lower-scoring games in recent weeks, and last week's the most recent example of it. And it's not just lower-scoring, it's close games. The offense has to make a play and make plays. Well, here, here's the interesting thing about the BYU offense. I mean, it, this season, when BYU's ran the ball and been dominant on the ground, they've, they've, they've been successful, they've won. But in, in look, leading up to this week, and, and it seems like the sense you get from coaches and players and stuff with Zach Wilson, a quarterback, there's almost a feel like, hey, maybe the key to the success isn't necessarily just focusing on pounding and pounding and pounding on the ground. But Kalani's words last week, Zach's got to be able to let it rip. you got to open it up, let the young guy play and be Zach Wilson. Hey, is, is the key tonight the ground game, or is, is having success through the air with Zach Wilson? Well, Kalani just got finished telling me that their attempt is to make Boise one-dimensional. Any team who's one-dimensional becomes easier to defend. The sweet spot for BYU is 152-50. 150 rush, 250 pass. Again, 250 is not a crazy number. 150 is not a crazy number. But when BYU gets to that combination, they're in really good shape. They win a really high percentage of games at that at that particular sweet spot. So it's about being able to do enough both ways. And uh, yet, you know that what Zach does well, or particularly well, maybe more so than uh, than, than than his predecessor, is. Uh, is, is the, have the ability to go accurately downfield. And uh, we haven't seen a ton of that. And, and as I noted uh, yesterday, BYU is having to get inside the 20 to score. And Boise doesn't even care about the 20-yard line. They, they'll, they'll score from anywhere on the field. And, and BYU's not been that team. But Zach gives you a better chance to maybe be that kind of team. But it can't just be, again, any team that says we're just going to go chuck it, whether it's 50 or 60 times, it's not going to work out well. In fact, when, when BYU's pass attempt numbers get very high, it's not been good at all for BYU over the last 15 years. Um, there has to be the, 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 the ability to force defenses to worry about both components, and it's always been that way forevermore. But it's, this, is, this isn't, this isn't uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago where, where the pass game was so superior to what people were ready for that you could just do that and do it better than anybody. Uh, times have drastically changed. Yeah, I felt as though uh, coming into these pass games that uh, you wanted to have a field position game with Boise State and be able to stay in the game, stay close in the contest. And yet uh, against this Boise State, uh, it's a difficult challenge to be able to play. You know, field position doesn't mean as much because they score from everywhere. Boise's converted 73rd downs this year. Oh, my gosh, they're 55%. BYU's converted half that number, literally half, 35 uh, Boise is not only a big play team, they're a drive team, a drive extender team. And BYU's not been that team. Again, another trend band that has to reverse, has to flip. Boise's been too good at moving chains on third and fourth down, where BYU really struggles this year. Well, I'll give you a sneak peek to one of my keys to the game, Greg, and one on this is, is be after last week and, and a couple of performances earlier this year, BYU's got to set themselves up for success on third down, on first down. And, and that's something they struggled with last week, and it hurt the Cougars really poorly that last week. Yeah, and, and I, it got kind of got glossed over, but um, Lopini Katoa was running well, I thought, until last week when he was quote-unquote banged up, dinged up, and didn't do anything. Had one touch, I think. And, and to me, I, I thought Lopini was going to be the guy. When, when, when Squally got hurt, I, thought, I felt Lopini was really coming into his own at that point. And I was excited to see what Lopini Katoa could do. And then, boom, all of a sudden, he's out. 
and, and, and now Matt Hadley, a guy who was even on your running back depth chart a month ago, was your go-to guy. It's been, again, so many key injuries the last couple of years at really important spots for BYU, and, and that's just the latest one. Uh, I, I thought Lopini would be the, uh, the workhorse heading down the stretch, and now I just don't know about him. And uh, they, you know, Squally or uh, Kalani told me Squally's back and a little better, but still said that Lopini's a little dinged. So it's um, it's it's a group of guys. You hope somebody jumps out, but where I thought it would be Lopini, it's not right now, and that's too bad. Well, thanks, Greg. Appreciate your time as we get yep. ready for a game. We'll give things turn things over to Mark and you coming up in about a half hour or so. After a quick break, our weekly view from the sideline with Mitchell Jurgens. Cougar pregame live continues next on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Ben Bagley and Mark Lyons for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. And welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. My name is Ben Bagley. The BYU Cougars are getting ready to face the Boise State Broncos. And as they do, we're always happy to be joined by former Cougar receiver and current sideline reporter Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch, how are you? I'm doing good, thanks. How are you? You know, I'm doing great. I'm sitting in a radio studio here in Provo where it's nice and warm with uh, Alabama LSU on one screen, my computer fired up, and my iPad about ready to go with another game. So Man, it's, a good, it's a good day to be alive. Yeah, you're sitting pretty. I like it. <laughs> Hey, Mitch, you, you've participated in this game, the Boise State-BYU game, a couple of times. And it's interesting. We were talking with Bob Beeler early in the program. This game, there's only been eight games in this series, yet the, yet it's it's got a rivalry feeling so much that BYU on their on their goals for the season, Boise's on the beat rivalries, Mark, and we know the, the Broncos look at BYU as a rivalry. So, I, I mean, what are your memories from this rivalry that went from 0 to 120 in eight games? Yeah, well, first off, BYU versus Boise State, man, it's always a big game. Um, and I have, a, I have a ton of memories, especially here in Albertson Stadium on the Smurf turf. Um, you know, as a, as a kid, I always dreamed of playing in big stadiums. Uh, but the stadium I wanted to play in the most was here at Boise State on the blue turf. Um, it is so much meaning because it's so unique. Uh, so when I stepped on this field for the first time in 2014, I mean, it was amazing. Um, and in my personal opinion, this is one of the loudest stadiums in college football. Um, they don't have the most fans. Uh, I mean, it doesn't seat as many as uh, some of these other big stadiums, but it gets so loud. Um, I specifically remember our first offensive drive in 2014. We had a third down, and I can't even begin to explain just how loud it was. Um, I think that was the first time in a football game when I was distracted by the crowd. Um, as you know, it was it was third down. I, I looked to my right, saw Christian Stewart, and, and I just I mean I couldn't when I lined up on the ball. I just I couldn't. Um, focus on the game at hand it it took me like a little bit to snap out of it and say hey you're playing a football game like quick focus on the crowd and pull it together and and play a football game Um, so it's just it's there's so many memories this game there's there's a lot that means uh, or you know means a lot to both teams Um, and so you know I'm expecting a big game tonight well, I want to talk about one of the big memories Cougar fans have this game coming up in just a second. But first, let's talk about the blue turf. I mean, you uh-huh. played on there before. Uh, we, we heard Greg and Mark talk about it and Bob Beeler talk about it. I mean, it is, it's, it's, it's an anomaly in, in college football, but it's one that's, that's got a nice little feel to it. Does the blue turf actually affect the way you play when you're on it? Yeah, um, I honestly don't think it does. Uh, to me, it was just like any other turf field. It was just blue. Um, you know, I, I, I ran just as fast, jumped just as high, caught the ball, I felt like, just as well. Um, and so for me, it wasn't any different than any other game. Now, I will say, when Boise State comes out in their blue-on-blue uniforms on this blue turf, they will try and trick you by trying to blend a player in with the turf. 
Um, and on the opening kickoff in 2016, Boise State was receiving the ball, and they laid one of their returners down on the turf to blend in. And so when the other returner received the kickoff, the player laying down stood up to receive a lateral pass from the returner who originally caught the ball. Um, now, and, and that play didn't work. Uh, the pass went out of bounds, and I'm pretty sure it was it was a forward lateral. But, yeah, Boise State will play to their advantage having this blue field and with their blue uniforms. Um, and so they've, they're kind of known as that team that plays with deception, with a bunch of trick plays. And so that's something that you know, BYU is going to have to uh, take into account and, and prepare for. Yeah, I, I still don't know how to feel about that, man. <laughs> part of me like wants to applaud Boise State for taking advantage of every little aspect they can. The other part is like, that's just, just hokey and not really football. So come on. That's like stuff you program yeah. into a video game. Hey, let, let's talk about memories from this. And, of course, one of the, when we think of Mitch Jurgens against Boise State, Starman comes up and, and, the, and the Hail Mary here, here at Provo. And you mentioned how this game's a big game. I, well, let, let's relive that memory a little bit. What was that like, uh, being able in a gay rivalry game, close game against Boise State, catching that pass and, uh, in the end zone? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those moments that, that I'll never forget. And just to be in a position to make an impact, uh, I mean, I, I count my blessings. I was so fortunate to, to be in the right position. Um, but, I mean, it was awesome. I mean, you look at a game like this, these are one of those games where you do, you look at them on the schedule and you know, hey, week nine, we're playing these guys. Back uh, back in 2015, it was week two. And after Nebraska, I mean, we knew Boise State was up and that was a big game. You know, one of those swing games for us that you didn't want to lose. Um, and so in 2015, when we came out, I mean, it was a, it was back and forth. We got down, we came back and, and you know, to be able to catch the, the game-winning touchdown, I mean, that's something that I'll never forget. And um, I mean, yeah, to, to beat the Broncos, it was a, it was a good feeling because I mean, we haven't done that much. Um, and so, yeah, it was it was a big game and and uh, yeah, a great memory. Okay, so that being said, how did this game become such a rivalry game? I mean, you, you, there's some proximity to it, but not really. There's two, three other schools between here and Boise, uh, but in eight games, this is. This is a game you mentioned. It is Cougar fans and, and Cougar players. You circle this every year when the, the schedule comes out, and we know that the fans in Boise do the same thing. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not too sure how it became such a rivalry. It kind of just happened over time, and and a couple things that I think are the reason why it became a rivalry. First off, BYU has a lot of fans in Idaho. Um, and, and Boise State also has a lot of fans in Utah. So even though we're not in the same state, there's more schools in between us. Um, the you know both states have uh, representation in each of those states, which I think plays into a lot into that rivalry. And then number two, these games are always close. And I think a lot of times rivalries form when a game is close or when a game a close game is played. Um, and then the following year, or you know, if it's multiple years when the games are close, there's a lot of emotion that rides on those games. Um, and so each game that comes down to the last player, last drive, um, they're going to take that emotion into the next matchup. Um, so when you... Um, I mean, yeah, and so BYU and Boise State have had those close matchups, and so naturally over time, there's just this. There's a lot that rides on this game, knowing it's going to be a hard-fought battle, and neither team wants to lose. Let's look at the game tonight. Uh, Mitchell Jurgens joining us here on Cougar Pregame Live. Uh, Kalani Sataki, almost as soon as the game went final last week at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, started talking about how BYU needs to let it rip on offense. That keep that in mind, and looking at what you what you've 
heard from the coaches and players this week. What will the BYU offense look like this week? Yeah, um, well, I, I hope it looks like, you know, my interpretation of let it rip is they're going to let Zach Wilson sling the ball. Um, now, I may be biased as receiver, but, uh, you know, as I have said all season, I want them to rip it down the field. Um, in fall camp, we saw Zach Wilson sling the ball down the field all the time and with so much ease. Um, and when he was doing that, receivers were making big plays, and they seemed to make more big plays the more they threw it way down the field. Uh, BYU has talented receivers, and I want to see them being used. You know, I want to see a few receivers with six or seven-plus catches tonight. I don't, I don't want to see our leading receiver in terms of catches with just three. Uh, you know, I'm a firm believer that in order to get your receivers playing at their full potential, they need to know that the coaches and quarterbacks trust them. And how do they build that trust? They've got to call their number consistently throughout the game and going back to them play after play. Um, and, you know, I will say, so, so that's, the, that's the let it rip mentality. However, BYU will not abandon the run. Um, when that, uh, yeah, I mean, they're not going to abandon the run. Um, last week against Northern Illinois, when the offense put together a pretty decent drive, Zach, first off, he completed a 14-yard pass to Micah Simon, followed by a 13-yard pass to Akile Davis, which was then followed by an 8-yard run by Squally Canada and a 13-yard run by Matt Hadley. So those running lanes for Squally and Matt were opened up by the two pass plays right before. So I expect to see a balanced attack, letting it rip, which is going to open up lanes in the run game. The other side of the ball, the BYU defense average giving up 22 points a game this season. But Boise State, that's a different animal. They're averaging over 40 points a game this season. Does the BYU defense have the tools to slow down Brett Rippon and this Broncos offense? Um, absolutely, they do. Uh, but we need to see each position group play their best football tonight. You know, I would compare this offense most closely to Washington's offense and their pace of play and scoring ability like Utah State's this season. Um, and we all saw what happened to BYU against Washington and Utah State. Um, so BYU, or Boise State, has the ability to run up the score and pound the ball into the end zone many times tonight if BYU isn't prepared. You know, they go fast, they make explosive plays all the time, and they have some serious playmakers. Uh, their biggest playmaker being their senior quarterback, who's having an incredible season so far. Um, so in order for BYU to slow down Brett Rippon and the Broncos' offense, they need to force turnovers. Um, I would bet that Boise State will put up good numbers in terms of total offense, even if the BYU defense is playing well. So the key factor for BYU to slow them down is forcing turnovers. So whether it's getting to rip into force fumbles on a sack, the secondary coming up with a big interception, or even forcing a tor- turnover on downs in short fourth down field position, they're going to need to do that to give the offense a better chance tonight. All right. Um, yeah. All right, Mitch, we'll just, we'll just end it on this with you. I'm going to just simply ask this question. You can fill in the blank. BYU wins this game if? Well, like I said, defensively they force turnovers. Um, If the offense capitalizes on those turnovers and if BYU is successful in letting it rip. There you go, Mitch. Have a good time on the sidelines. You get you, you're layered, ready to go because it's supposed to be a little chilly up there. I'm I'm layered. Yep, I, I'm I should be ready to go. I, I worry about you sometimes on the sidelines <laughs> as, as the calendar turns to November. So I, I'm just thinking of you right there. Hey, I appreciate it. I, I brought a bigger suitcase to fit some bigger jackets, so I should be good. Nice. On the other side, my three keys of the game, and what does the keys of the game have in common with the Boy Scout motto? I'll tell you next. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. 
Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. We're getting you ready for BYU and Boise State as we get closer to game time. It's time to look at the, my look at my keys to the game. I've got three for you this week. Key number one starts with, well, I teased it. What does the Boy Scout motto and a key to a game have in common? Well, a Boy Scout's clean, and the Cougars need to keep it clean tonight in Boise. They got to stay off, got to avoid the yellow flags from the referees. Though only, though only they had seven penalties last week against them against NIU. They came in key moments. But BYU gets a first and goal at the five yard line after Zach Wilson hurdles a guy to get out of bounds, and two motion penalties take them out of a, of reasonable range to score a touchdown on that. And it turns out that BYU, well weren't able to score on that drive, and the penalties killed him. So uh, seven, seven penalties for 52 yards last week, six for 55 against Hawaii, six for 50 against U- Utah State, Washington, eight for 50. Uh, they've done pretty good this season in keeping it clean, but last week it just seems like those penalties and those mistakes came at very key moments of the ball game. That's something they need to, need to avoid tonight. If you're, if you're sitting right around six, six penalties – I think that that's a good spot to be in, but those penalties need to come at, at times when it's not going to put the team in danger. And I mentioned that penalty on 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 first down and first and goal, the the procedure penalties. That takes us to our second key to the game, which is you got to have success on first down. BYU last week against NIU didn't have a lot of success in first down, got themselves in second and third and long, and had a horrible week in converting on third down conversions. That's got to change this week. They got to have success, positive plays, two, three yards on first down minimum, in other to set yourselves up to have success on second down and especially on third down, so you're driving down the field. One way to keep Boise State low scoring in this game tonight is for the BYU offense to dominate the possession of the ball and and make continued long drives each time they have a ball. How do you stop an offense? Well, you keep it out of their hands. BYU can do that by keeping drives going, and having that starts with having success on first down. The final key to the game tonight is make Rippon, Brett Rippon uncomfortable. In the two games where Brett Rippon struggled this year, he threw three INTs and a 31-27 win for Boise State against Nevada, but he had three INTs in that game. And it's one of his two games in which Rippon was sub-300 passing this season. What did Nevada do? Well, they dropped everyone into coverage. The Wolfpack only had two sacks that night and, and no QB hurries in that game. In his other game, the worst game of the season for Brett Rippon was against San Diego State. 1913 loss in that game, and Rippon, the Aztecs got after Rippon with four sacks on the game and two INTs. This is the only game this season that Rippon was held to sub 200 and threw for not, not only less than two TDs, but no TDs at all in that game. So what's the right way? That, I mean, his two worst games, we saw two opposite styles of defense against him. So what's the right way and what does BYU do? I think you'll see a combo of the two. Kalani Stocky talked about this week, and he's cut, talked the last couple weeks about being more aggressive with blitzes and pressures from the defense. And I think you'll see some of that tonight. But you're also going to see him drop back in coverage and, and, and really blanket these Boise State receivers and see if a four and a three-man rush can get to the quarterback and bring him down. So I think you'll see a combination of it. But one thing is for sure, 
for BYU to have success tonight, they've got to make Brett Rippon uncomfortable in the pocket. So feel free to share your keys to the game and your thoughts at, at Ben Bags on my Twitter account. And once again, we'll go over my three keys, and that's keeping it clean with penalties and turnovers, first down success leading to third down conversions, and make Brett Rippon uncomfortable. When we come back, we'll look at some other action in college football. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. It's the final segment of Cougar Pregame Live. I'm Ben Bagley, your host, as we'll get you ready for BYU versus Boise State. Coming up the half, we'll have your halftime hot reads, as well as some updates from around the top 25 college football scoreboard. You can send your hot reads and your comments to me on Twitter, at Ben Bags. We'll read those throughout the game at halftime and in the postgame. For the final segment, let's get you caught up on the scores in college football today, especially in the top 25. Four games in the top 25 going on right now. The biggest game of the night in college football is Alabama-LSU. And right now, in the, with about a minute left in the second quarter, Alabama just scores and kicking the extra point right now has a 16-0 lead on LSU. Tua Tagovailoa in that game already over 200 yards passing two TDs and an INT as Alabama's up 16-0 over number three LSU. Three other games in action in the top 25. Number four, Notre Dame with a 21-7 lead over Northwestern. That game with two minutes left in the third quarter. Number 18, Mississippi State up big on Louisiana Tech, 31-3 in that game. And number seven, Oklahoma right now trailing Texas Tech with seven minutes left in the second quarter, 24-21 in that game right now. Still early with only halfway through the second quarter. Some finals around the top 25 of college football number two Clemson remains unbeaten on the season as they just drubbed Louisville I mean this is if you're Louisville it's hard to pill to swallow 77 to 16 not a typo 77 to 16 Clemson moves to 9 and 0 on the season fifth ranked Michigan puts a beating on 14th ranked Penn State a little revenge for last year the game at Happy Valley this year at the big house Michigan gets a 42-7 victory over 14th ranked Penn State the Wolverines had shut the Nittany Lions out until late in the fourth quarter sixth ranked Georgia beats number 9 Kentucky 34 to 17 the Bulldogs move to 8 and 1 on the season 10th ranked Ohio State holds on to beat Nebraska 36 to 31. Unranked Missouri upsets 11th ranked Florida 38 to 17. The Gators now fall to 6 and 3 on the season. And what was the most exciting finish of the weekend thus far in Austin, Texas? 13th ranked West Virginia beats Texas 42-41. Mountaineers QB Will Greer throws for 346 yards and 3 TDs including a TD with just 16 seconds left in the back of the end zone that left West Virginia down 1 point with the PAT pending. West Virginia and Greer go for two, and Greer converts the two-point conversion on a QB keeper to give the Mountaineers the one-point victory. 15th-ranked Utah falls 38-20 to at Arizona State today, but the game was not the only thing the University of Utah lost. The starting quarterback Tyler Huntley left the game in what is being reported as a broken collarbone. Head coach Kyle Whittingham after the game said Huntley is likely done for the season. The Utes will face the Cougars coming up in about three weeks, so uh, it looks like they'll be doing so without Tyler Huntley under center. Another upset in the top 25 as Purdue beats 16th-ranked Iowa State. Sorry, 
beats 16th-ranked Iowa 38-36 at home. 19th-ranked Syracuse beats Wake Forest 41-24. Auburn upsets 20th-ranked Texas A&M 28-24. And 21st-ranked North Carolina State hammers Florida State 47-28. 22nd-ranked Boston College beats Virginia Tech 31-21. And 24th-ranked Iowa State beats Kansas 27-3. So we wrap things up on Cougar Pregame Live. Just a reminder, we'll be back with you at halftime. You can tweet your halftime hot reads to me at Ben Bags on Twitter. We'll read them coming up at the half. We'll also update you on the college football scoreboard and BYU soccer in action right now. We'll give you an update on that score coming up at the half. That's a wrap for Cougar Pregame Live. Coming up next, it's the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Gregor Bell and Kalani Sataki. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Pregame Live was brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to get head coach Kalani Sataki's thoughts on today's game. It's the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show presented by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Let's join Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening, Cougar football fans. Welcome inside Albertson Stadium in Boise, Idaho, where tonight BYU seeks its first ever win on this bedeviling blue surface, upon which the Cougars have played and lost four times, most recently a 28-27 setback in 2016, the third of three one-point losses BYU has suffered here. My name is Greg Rubel. I'll have tonight's play-by-play call, joined as always by the former BYU quarterback, the Arvada Flash, the legendary Mark Lyons. And uh, Mark, uh, we tonight enter the final third of the regular season. And it's uh, fair to say that the first two-thirds have transpired in perhaps uh, opposite the local presumption one might have had when assessing BYU's schedule. BYU went 3-1 and one in the first four games, when 1-3 and three might have seemed maybe the more likely. Then after the 3-1 and one start, they went 1-3 and three when 3-1 and one might have seemed more reasonable <laughs> to expect. Either yeah. way, BYU's here 4-4 four and four through eight games. And here we are in Boise, where if the Cougars are to win... It'll have been a major upset. The Broncos are rolling, and BYU's kind of reeling right now. What an interesting thing, Greg, that you point out about how BYU got to 4-4. Four and four. I thought that, that was pretty intriguing. Uh, but as far as beating Boise, it's hard to do. It, they're a hard team to beat, and especially hard here at home. Boise State's been one of the most consistent, successful football teams in the nation. Since 2000, they're... 100 there are 110 wins here and eight losses that's first in the nation for home field advantage Mm. their overall winning percentage is number one in the nation since 2000 83 and a half percent highest scoring team in the nation 39.35 since uh 2000 they've won eight WAC championships three in the mountain west conference they've been bowl eligible for 20 straight years but now is the time you know, BYU has been up and then down three different times this year. With their up-and-down attitude, I think that this might be the opportunity for them to be back up. Leading into your point that you were saying a 3-1 and one was unexpected at the start. So tonight, BYU is about a two-touchdown underdog, so we might expect the unexpected. Here's BYU again with an opportunity to be one of those few teams to be able to get a win in this stadium. I think it's quite an opportunity BYU has been within 1.3 times here. So I think that uh, it, it's a beautiful, clear, cool, 
fall evening. It's a football night. Playing in front of a raucous crowd, a change to a chance to back into a get back into a winning record. I, I've got to say it again, Greg. I've just got to say it, Greg, my boy. What a great day for a football game. Coming up after the break, we'll hear what Kalani Sitake has to say ahead of his team's battle with Boise State. This is the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show, live from Albertson Stadium in Boise on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to hear from the coach of the Cougars. The Cougar pregame coaches show continues. Here once again is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, coming to you live from Albertson Stadium in Boise, where tonight the 4-4 four and four BYU Cougars visit the 6-2 and two Boise State Broncos, BSU unranked since losing to San Diego State. That loss followed a setback in Stillwater two games prior. Since those two losses in three weeks, the Broncos have won three in a row. BYU has lost three of four coming into this one. After spending the entire month of October at home and going one and two in three games at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, BYU now hits the road for three of its final four games starting tonight here in Boise. Cougs are at UMass next week, home to New Mexico State on the 17th, then at Utah to face a team that uh, may or may not be getting ready for a Pac-12 championship game. We'll see how things shake out there in the Pac-12 South with the Utes who lost today at ASU. Time now for our pregame interview with BYU head coach Kalani Sitake, brought to you by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. And tonight, Coach Sitake tells us he thinks his guys are ready to roll. I think it's been really consistent in our prep for in practice and everything, but uh, a little bit more sense of urgency from our players and, and more, um, you know, more leadership from our guys uh, taking the, you know, taking the, the reins instead of the coaching having to say stuff, coaches having to say stuff. The players are doing it and been really pleased with our preparation. Just got to see if we can put it together. But um, overall, I've been really pleased with it and uh, really excited. I think our guys have a lot of confidence coming into this game. In terms of a team that responds to adversity, do you like what you see from your guys that way with this year's group? Yeah, of course, and and that's the our guys have played hard. You know, we we, we need to play smart. And, um, we need, our coaches need to put our players in a better position to have success. But other than that, our guys will give us the effort. That's been that's been consistent. And that's something that we can build on that uh, the consistency of effort first, um, and then just stick with our identity being a physical team. And we can be physical in a lot of different formation sets on offense and defense with. Whether it's a three-man rush, it can be a physical three-man rush. And um, if you spread it out, you can be a physical run game and spread system as well. So um, it could be, you know, translated so many different ways. We just need to make sure that we uh, uh, that we establish that right away and that we, these guys know that we're here to play for the whole 60 minutes. Without specifics, what's the kind of game plan that gives you a chance to beat a team like Boise State? Well, I mean, I think we're going to have to be really aggressive in so many ways and maybe with some play calling, but also... Uh, taking some risks uh, whenever we have a shot, you know. But um, and, and the other part, the other part is being really fundamental and, and technique sound football. I think that's going to be really important for us, not making a lot of mistakes. But I, I say that with the same in the same breath of um, risks need to be taken. They just need to be um, smart. You know what I mean? So and calculated and time and timely. So that's that's what we've been working on all week, and we'll see how it comes comes forth. But. I think our guys are ready to roll, and I'm excited to see them go. What's happened before doesn't have a lot to say about what happens tonight, but the games up here have tended to be ones in which, regardless of how things might look in the buildup, it ends up being a grinder, a close game, and, and maybe a closer game than a lot of people expect. Yeah, and I think for us, uh, you know, we have to be ready for a close game, and we have to be ready for all of it. And, uh, but, you know, we're not going to be surprised by the success that we're going to see on the field from on our part because our guys have worked really hard for it, and 
Um, it's about time that our guys step up and play a complete game as an offense, defense, and special teams. And I've been really, really pleased with what I've seen from the coaches. And uh, let's just go out and execute. Zach's had a couple of starts. Uh, one against the defense is a little more generous, one against a really stout defense. We'll see where Boise lands in this whole thing. But what should we expect from Zach Wilson in start three tonight? Well, he's really fired up for this game, and he's prepared really well. That's what he does all the time. It's, it's, uh, it's uh, for a young freshman like that to be well prepared is no surprise for us from coming from him, you know. But um, I think he's a veteran in the preparation. It's just, it's his third start, and um, it's a place that he was committed to. So there's a storyline there. But I know he really wants to show and and wants to, you know, do better from what what happened last week. And and he'll do whatever it takes to win the game. If that means throwing more or handing the ball off more, he's willing to do it. From an offensive standpoint, personnel-wise, uh, everyone pretty much present and accounted for, running backs especially. Yeah, um, we feel. I mean, we feel good. Squally's taking a huge step forward, and Lopini seems pretty good right now at running back. So he didn't. He didn't get a lot of touches last. Week. No, and 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 uh, he's a little banged up, but I think we feel good with him and Matt and um, Squally and, and Roddy's been solid. So Braden's finally healthy and ready to go at fullback, and um, you know we're feeling really good right now as a team. Is Butch able to go these days for you? Yeah, we'll probably see a little bit more of Butch on the field to, um, this uh, this game, but. We'll see how it goes. It's a, it's it's really difficult the injury that he's playing with, being able to tolerate the pain, and it just sends a shock throughout the whole body, you know. So, I think it it seems like a um, minor injury, but it affects a lot of how you play. Is this another game where Corbin Kafusi is kind of an X factor defender, and you play him in a bunch of different spots? Um, I, I I don't know. I think we have that ability, but more than anything, we need him to get to the quarterback, and that could be devised in a lot of different ways. But I think it's important that we. Probably put him on the line of scrimmage a little bit more this week than, than we had in the weeks past. Okay. Boise does a lot of things really well. What do you hope to dull a little bit or take away to have a shot here tonight? Well, we have to control the run game and try to get Boise to be more one-dimensional. And uh, with that said, you know, Rippon's a really good quarterback and he has tons of experience, so we're at the uh, disrupt his timing and um, get him to make a mistake. If we can get him to make mistakes, then I think we can capitalize on it, get some big plays, and uh, I think our defense is set to do that tonight. What does San Diego State do particularly well in, in holding them to a, a lower scoring output and winning that game, do you think? Exactly what I said. I mean, they weren't afraid to bring pressure, and they brought so many different looks. It's what Rocky Long does all the time, and uh, it's a really good uh, you know, plan. So uh, we, we're not the same type of team, but we have a lot of different things that are work to our advantage and some things that they have to work to theirs. So we'll pattern our defense and our game plan. They try to do what I just mentioned, trying to get Boise to be one-dimensional. Full houses show up for this game. It should be a good vibe in the building tonight. Yeah, great weather. It's good to, uh, you know, really good fan bases on both sides, and uh, really excited about this game. And it's going to be competitive, and we're going to play really hard and and uh, see what happens. Okay, have a good one. We'll talk to you afterwards. Thank you, Greg. Appreciate it. That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. Title and escrow can be complicated with over 50 years' experience in Utah. Provo Land Title has the expertise to navigate your buying, selling, or building project. Provo Land Title, making the complicated easier. Our preview of BYU and Boise State rolls on right after this, live from Albertson Stadium in Boise, Idaho, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Kickoff is just around the corner. You're tuned to the Cougar Kickoff Show. The Cougar Kickoff Show is brought to you by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. BYU Dining, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Utah Honda Dealers and by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. 
Let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Comfort broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Let's pause 10 seconds now for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU-FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. Good evening once again, Cougar fans. Welcome back inside Albertson Stadium in Boise, Idaho for BYU football on a late Saturday night for the ninth time overall and the fifth time on this bizarre blue field. It's BYU and Boise State. I'm Greg Grubel with Mark Lyons alongside on our on-site engineer is Barry Squires, our statistician Ralph Sokolowski. Our spotter is McKay Perry. Our pregame, halftime, and postgame host is Ben Bagley, filling in for Jason Shepard, who's calling BYU soccer at LMU tonight. LMU 1, BYU 0 at halftime, by the way, in that game. Down on the field here in Boise, it's former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch reporting from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. The rest of our broadcast crew featuring BYU radio engineer Sean Fay, coordinating producer Terry South, control board operator Nathan Israelson, along with broadcast intern Blake McMullen. Intern Blake is here in Boise with us. And intern Lindsey Peterson, along with Sterling Richards, back at the BYU Radio Studios. Kudos also to intern Aaron Fitzner helping out on the BYU soccer broadcast back in Provo. Cougar Nation, hearing BYU football on the new skin. BYU Sports Network at Coast to Coast on Satellite. BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143 in northern Utah over the air on BYU Radio 89.1 FM HD2, along with KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 11 60 a.m. and network affiliates in Utah and Idaho. You can also stream the broadcast at byuradio.org and byucougars.com slash live radio. Catch us on the BYU Radio and the BYU Cougars apps and hear the broadcast audio archives, commercial, break free, and quarter by quarter at byuradio.org. And you've got to get this, folks, the BYU football podcast. Well, BYU comes into tonight's game 4-4 four and four on the season. The high point is the upset win at Wisconsin. And it's kind of a close contest, Mark, for the low point. Uh, yeah, was what are you going to pick? Yeah, was it following up the big win at Arizona by losing at home to Cal? Was it being down 35 nothing in Seattle? Yeah. Was it getting blown out at home by Utah State? Ow. Or was it losing 7-6 to at home to NIU last week, Mark? BYU just didn't they lose hurt. four games. Each of the losses was in its own way. It kind of uh, leaves you wondering, who is this team? What is this team? Four very disheartening setbacks that kind of underscore where the team is, I guess, right now, seeking, as Kalani says, the identity and consistency. We still don't know yeah. what to reasonably expect week to week. Boy, I tell you, that's the truth, Greg. At this point in the season, there still isn't anything BYU can rely on in a football game. You know, the defense has come closest to being consistent, uh, being 27th in the nation in total defense. So they have some respectability, but you can't determine what identity BYU has. The offense has had its best outing against Hawaii, but couldn't run, throw, or score last week. That was a step back against Northern Illinois. And BYU will make a few well play you know they're well executed plays but they're so sporadic in the game there's no consistency at all we saw some new interesting plays last week but need to put good plays together in a series let me give you an example last week in the fourth quarter BYU gets first and 10 Zach Wilson hits uh, Micah Simon on an out pattern for 14 yards first down good thing first and 10 on the very next possession Wilson hits Akili Davis out on the other side. It's the same play, but to the other side, 13 yards. First down. Next play, Squally Canada runs for eight yards. All of a sudden, you've got him loosened up. Two plays later, Matt Hadley runs for 13 yards. 
all good things in a row. They all are getting it going. They're having it. And then first and ten, incomplete pass. Loss of one yard by Wilson. Gets sacked for four yards. Moved back five yards. And Southam misses a 51-yard field goal. Just that inconsistency. They started it. They had it going. That's just then you put them all together. But BYU's not able yet to put all of those together to make those opportunities to score. Now, BYU is working with a new offensive coordinator and an entirely new offensive staff but for one coach. And they're now working with the youngest starting quarterback in Cougar football history. A quarterback handing off and throwing to and in a pocket behind so many other freshmen. It is true that some struggles should be expected. And as a result, Mark, all those young guys I talked about and new coaches I talked about, the future, we have to say, does look better than maybe the present right now. Yeah, I I think so. And, you know, more and more freshmen are coming to college better prepared to be able to play. Uh, Again, I've said it, I'll bet, every year of my 38 years of broadcasting. (laughs) When I was playing, there's no way a freshman could step up and play. But now they have their own coaches, they have their own preparation, and they're so much more prepared. Yeah, and this year there's five freshmen starting on the offense. You know, that's good and bad. It's a good thing because, yeah, you can look forward to the future, but you would think that there would be more productive and maybe players that have been in the program already that would be better than those freshmen. So they still have to learn how to get that experience. Uh, Another positive sign, and again, a good and a bad, there's only seven seniors starting on the first 22 players. Good because, you know, that's not a lot of spots that you have to fill, but it's bad because seniors should be the team's foundation for success. They should be the best players out there on the team. So uh, I think that there's so many positives uh, that are on the future, on the horizon, but we see that part of the challenges that BYU is having today with their inexperience. BYU has 25 seniors on this year's team. More of the Cougar Kickoff Show coming up after the break and after this reminder that this season, BYU football and Mountain America Credit Union are changing lives. For each field goal BYU makes, Mountain America will donate $500 to the American Red Cross to help fund humanitarian services and programs. Our BYU football coverage continues live from Boise on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You are listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Albertson's Stadium in Boise, Idaho, as tonight BYU kicks off November with the renewal of a regional rivalry that was first contested in 2003 when Boise blasted BYU 50-12 in Provo. Six of the eight all-time meetings have been won by the Broncos, a program that in the 2000s it's kind of been the equivalent of BYU in the 70s and 80s, I think. A Western-based, under-the-radar school rising to prominence with a wide-open offensive attack. And this year's Boise offense is 23rd nationally in yards per play, BYU 112th. Yeah. Boise 15th in points per game, BYU 111th. Boise 11th in pass efficiency, BYU 93rd. Boise 2nd in third down conversion, BYU 113th. Yeah. Simply put, BYU will have to play out of its mind to hang with the Broncos tonight, or even have, and, and even if, if Boise turns it over a ton, we found out two years ago here they, they 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 were minus five in the margin. They gave it away five times. BYU didn't turn it over at all, and the Broncos still found a way to win that game. So go figure. In week two at UConn, Boise racked up no joke, eight hundred eighteen <laughs> oh, yards of offense. I I had to check it. So eight eighteen. The Broncos have scored thirty or more six times in eight games. They've scored forty or more four times, 50 or more, 
three times. Yeah. Mark, even if BYU's defense plays well, and let's say right off the top, they have played well here, generally speaking. Boise has scored below its season average in scoring against BYU in this game in three of the four meetings here in Boise. And even if BYU does play well and holds Boise under its 40-point-per-game average, and even if the Cougars win the turnover margin, it's still going to be up to the offense to put things. Mark, you said string plays together, an offense that did not score a touchdown last week. So, So what's there? What shows promise? Is it, as has been hinted, Mark, letting Zach Wilson... Uh, kind of air it out a bit. Well, uh, certainly it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, Hawaii looked like it was the air it out offense that was the answer because uh, they were just lighting it up against everybody until they lost three in a row now, uh, BYU, Nevada, and Fresno State. Somebody figured it out, uh, maybe BYU, and then everybody else has kind of copied that. BYU did call 39 pass plays last week against Northern Illinois. That's a pretty good number. Yeah, but they only threw 30. And they got the sacks and scrambles made up the difference in that. So 30's not a bad. So he's had an opportunity to make those plays. Uh, however, in that game last week, six of the 18 completions that uh, Zach Wilson made, they were for less than five yards. Mm. Against Hawaii, none of the 16 completions were for less than five yards. Here's what the pass game requires. It requires four things to be successful. Number one, you need the protection and keep the pressure away from the quarterback didn't happen last week number two good route runners in the scheme number three the quarterback has to have vision and accuracy and number four the receivers have to catch the football usually when you throw for more than 40 i think you mentioned this already greg uh, usually it's not a good thing that if you're throwing the ball more than 40 times particularly for byu uh, it becomes a problem Time for a break and time for You Be the Judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. Legally Mine equals asset protection. Go to LegallyMineUSA.com to learn what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks. Here's today's football rules scenario. An airborne receiver is near the sideline when he receives a legal forward pass. As he comes to the ground facing the field of play, his toe touches the ground inbounds, and then his heel comes down on the sideline in a continuous motion. He maintains firm control of the ball. Is this a completed pass? The answer is coming up next as the Cougar Kickoff Show continues from Albertson Stadium in Boise on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Geared up for game time, this is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now back to Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Back on the Cougar Kickoff Show, BYU and Boise State kicking off at 8.25 now. There's been a five-minute slide. So when they say 8.15, they really mean 8.20. And then 8.20 comes with the possibility of a slide, and that has happened. So 8.25 now is the Mountain Time kickoff for BYU and Boise. It'll be a late one. Glad you're staying up with us uh, on this late Saturday night. All right, uh, time for the uh, answer in today's NCAA football rules question, and you be the judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. Here is the scenario. An airborne receiver is near the sideline when he receives a legal forward pass. As he comes to the ground facing the field of play, his toe touches the ground inbounds, and then his heel comes down on the sideline in a continuous motion. No toe drag here. He maintains firm control of the ball. Is this a complete pass? And the ruling is incomplete pass. The continuous toe-heel touching is part of a single process. And by interpretation, he's landed out of bounds, thus not executing a catch. Hmm. You be the judge presented by Legally Mine. Boise State, already bowl eligible, 6-2. and two, Means the Broncos are postseason eligible for a 21st consecutive season. BYU at 4-4 and is two games away from putting itself in the postseason mix. If BYU wins the games it's expected to win, 
they'll they'll finish with at least six wins and and hope that ESPN has a place for them in one of their bowls. They've said they would. Anything better than six and six would mean beating Boise or Utah. Yeah, yeah. Probably, you'd think. Anything less than six and six would be a disappointment considering BYU's three and one start to the season. Mark clearly, postseason eligibility would be a step forward after four and nine last year. And while you'd like to think that BYU has two kind of gimmies in the final four games. <laughs> The season's maybe shown us that there are no sure things, and not in Provo, not anywhere. The Cougars have some work to do to get back to a bowl. Well, bowl eligibility is certainly one of BYU's goals, and I think it's so important for their independence to be able to be bowl eligible and have that opportunity to go. But it's hard to accept that BYU will be a bowl eligible by winning two gimmies. That's, it's, that's why tonight is such It's the chance that BYU has to show significant improvement Beat another solid team where visiting teams seldom win. That would be just a fantastic event. So even showing more fight would be an improvement, and keeping that thing a close game tonight would be uh, such an improvement over what BYU's seen here or, uh, in the season so far. In the last 12 years, Boise has lost one non-conference home game. We'll take a break. We'll hear from Mitchell Jurgens coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You are listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU and Boise State coming up in one of the final five football games of the college football week 10. Broncos heavy favorites to stay unbeaten against BYU here in Boise. But Mark, of the four losses BYU's taken here, and only one of them did things really get away from the Cougs. It was 2014. Boise won 55-30. The other three games, though, Boise wins 28-27 in 2004, 7-6 in 2012, and 28-27 again in 2016. All of those games featured crazy finishes. Weird things have tended to happen on this weird field. Boy, there have some some strange finishes, you know, and all three of those ended up following a bo- favoring B- Boise State. There were two missed field goals. One of them was blocked, and a missed two-point conversion that BYU would have had the opportunity to win in those three games. The defense has been very good against Brett Rippon in the past, and so they need to turn this game into a field position game and stay in the game until the fourth quarter. Then weird things can happen. It, it, you know, I always talk about K staying in a field position game with Boise State, but it's such a hard thing because they make so many big plays in the game. You've got to cut out all of those big plays from Boise State's offense. Time to bring in now Mitchell Jurgens from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. And Mitch, you figured prominently in BYU's last trip here in 2016, which of course followed your game-winning catch versus Boise in Provo the year before. It, but it was here in 2016. BYU trails 28-27 late. Taysom Hill finds you three times during a two-minute drive to get into field goal position. BYU tries a game-winning field goal on second down. You're the holder. It gets blocked. You recover. Then things get really interesting. You end up taking a snap. You, (laughs) from a non-center, by the way, and spiking the ball on third and 25. That didn't count because the ref was blowing the play dead at the time. You take it from there. Yeah, Greg, it was a crazy finish to that game here in 2016. Um, So like you said, we kicked on second down. So I knew beforehand that if the field goal was blocked, we could recover it and have a chance at another play. Uh, So when it was blocked, I jumped on it immediately. 
Now, yeah, when they blocked it, most people thought the game was over. Boise State players and coaches were celebrating, so there was a lot of chaos going on at that moment. When I looked over to this, our sideline, our coaches, Kalani and Ty Detmer, were signaling frantically over to us on the field to spike the ball. Um, now, because the field goal unit was on the field, I, I was probably the closest player to a quarterback, um, and we didn't have a center. So when I saw our coaches signaling over to us to spike the ball, those of us that were still on the field, I think it was just seven of us, ran over to the ball <laughs> to spike it just in case, in case the clock was ticking and we needed to stop it. So Tanner Baldery, who played tight end, jumped on the ball as the center, and I stepped up right behind him, took the snap, and spiked it. Um, now, um, you know, it didn't count anyway because they stopped the clock uh, anyway, but it gave us, you know, it was third down. We ended up incomplete pass and then tried the Hail Mary, didn't come up with it, so we lost the game. But, but yeah, crazy finish uh, here in 2016. That's how it happened, and our man was right in the middle of it. Time now for tonight's Ken Garf Keys to the Game, brought to you by Ken Garf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. Mark, in fact, hold your thought on that. We'll take okay. our break. We'll come back. We'll have coin toss and the keys to the game coming up after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.